Welcome to the Building Great Lives podcast, a podcast about real life, real issues, and finding real answers to life's most difficult questions. And now your host, Trent Gillum. Greetings, everyone. Trent here. Welcome to episode number 72 of the Building Great Lives podcast. I'm glad you've joined the Building Great Lives journey. Before we get started, as always, I'd like to say a huge thank you to our monthly ministry partners and, of course, to you, the listener. You make this ministry possible, and I'm excited to have you on the Building Great Lives team here at the Building Great Lives podcast. It's our desire to help people from around the world grow, heal, discover, and fulfill their unique purpose. Thank you for sharing these episodes. We're praying these messages of hope reach every possible person in every possible nation. Thank you for taking a moment to tap that five-star rating. If you haven't, I'd be honored if you would. It really does help us get the word out to others. In today's episode, we're going to reveal a secret. We're going to reveal the secret to true happiness. When we think about being happy, it's natural to think of it in terms of a favorite location, a memorable event, or a certain achievement. People even jokingly refer to it as finding their happy place. But truth be told, happiness is more than a favorite location, a memorable event, or a great achievement. Happiness can be defined as an enduring state of mind, consisting not only of feelings of joy, contentment, and other positive emotions, but also of a sense that one's life is meaningful and valued. It's easy to let what we see dictate how we feel, especially when we consider our own struggles or when we think about the suffering in the world. Happiness doesn't mean the absence of all trauma, suffering, discomfort, or hardship. Happiness is a contentment that comes from knowing God is working all things for our good. It's important to remove the illusion that any one thing in this world will make you permanently happy. Happiness isn't always something you feel. It's a much deeper appreciation for life. Happiness is more so connected to who we are and what we do than the things that we own. Neuroscience claims happiness is just a chemical and electrical response in the brain to a pleasant event. And while I'm certainly no neuroscientist, I feel confident in saying Although admittedly without the educational background, their claim describes more closely pleasure than happiness. Happiness is much more than a feeling. It's much more than a response to a pleasant event. Happiness comes from a contentment in knowing who you are and what you are called to be. True happiness is deeply connected to three main areas. Number one, our relationship with God. Number two, our relationship with family and friends. And number three, living a purposeful 
life. Relationships bring a feeling of connection and belonging, while purpose brings a sense that we are offering something to the world that makes a difference to others. When you connect these things together, it brings a sense of happiness that transcends all of our troubles that we're facing. We can be happy even though there are moments of sadness, moments of sickness, and moments of difficulty, the overall experience of life is happiness because we understand where true happiness comes from. We would be much happier people if we would focus on the things that strengthen our relationships and help us contribute to the world, not just to satisfy our own impulses, but to benefit and help others become. Happiness is more than just the circumstances of our lives. In Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18, the wise man Solomon said, happy is he that keeps the law of God. And this text is profound because you and I know people who have done their best to live by the law of God or the word of God, the Bible, yet they still experience trials and tragedies. Matter of fact, most likely someone listening to this podcast episode right now is struggling with something. How can it be that Solomon says that Those that obey the law of God are happy, yet at the same time, those that obey the law of God experience difficulties. It seems like a paradox. It seems like two different things. How can these things be? Solomon, in his wisdom, is making a profound point. Happiness isn't a life without problems. True happiness is much deeper than that. According to James chapter 5 and verse 11, we can even experience happiness while we're enduring hardship. According to 1 Peter 3.14, even those that suffer can still be happy. And also according to 1 Peter 4 and 14, we can even experience reproach, which means to be cursed or insulted, and still be happy. This is proof. That happiness is more than just the circumstances of our lives. Happiness is not defined simply by all of our circumstances being good. Happiness is defined by our relationship with God, our relationship with others, and living our lives in a purposeful, meaningful manner. So even though we feel down and out and we go through things that we don't understand, we can still have an overcoming life filled with joy and happiness. Happiness is more than the things we possess. Happiness is not measured by the amount of money we have or the things that we own. I have lived among people that have very little. I have lived in what was a third world country, now turned into a developing nation. I have seen people live in dumps, literal dumps, where fires would burn continually in the trash heaps. And they live there, but yet you will find them smiling. You will find them singing. You will find them rejoicing, laughing, telling jokes, loving one another. How can these things be? Because happiness is not about what we own. 
It's about who we are in Jesus. We must remember, no matter what we face, happiness is not connected to the things that we possess. All of the things we possess will grow old and need to be replaced. Our happiness must be greater than the pursuit of more things. Jesus is our great example of this. According to 1 Timothy 3.16, Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. He wasn't 50% God and 50% man. He was all man and all God. And as man, he grew, the Bible said, in wisdom, stature, and favor. This means he grew in experience, maturity, and influence. Jesus being human in all aspects, the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 11 and 12 that Jesus was hungry. In John 4 and 6, we learn that Jesus got weary. In Matthew chapter 8 verse 24, we learn that Jesus slept. Even in John chapter 11 and verse 35, we learn that that Jesus wept. Jesus had the full human experience. In other words, he experienced the full gamut of human emotion. Much attention, as it should be, is given to the portrait of Jesus as the suffering Savior. For truly, we could not have salvation without Jesus, the suffering Savior, coming and fulfilling his purpose. However, I want you to pay close attention to something. The Bible gives two what seems like very different views of Jesus or experiences that he had. The Bible calls Jesus a man of sorrow that is acquainted with grief. He experienced rejection. He was lied on. He was mistreated. He was treated unfairly, mocked and beaten, and eventually crucified. Jesus knew sadness and sorrow just like we do. Jesus knew his purpose was leading him to a painful crucifixion. He woke up every morning knowing it was one day closer to being more marred than any man. That's heavy things to wake up with every day. Yet, not only does the Bible call Jesus a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief, it also says Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness. Two polar opposites, a man of sorrow and grief, a man anointed with gladness. In Luke chapter 21, we even find Jesus rejoicing. And that word literally means Jesus jumped around and danced in circles. Incredible. Jesus, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief, still had gladness. The word gladness there means extreme joy and happiness. How can this be? How can a man acquainted with grief yet have happiness? Jesus knew that if you live your purpose, This brings a happiness that is greater than the moments of sorrow. That's why Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 could say, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Did you catch that? who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. There's those two seemingly opposite portraits of Jesus, a man of sorrow acquainted with grief 
and a man anointed with the oil of gladness. Joy, according to Mons's complete expository dictionary, means, you guessed it, happiness. While we face many painful situations, Jesus has taught us that in the midst of it all, we can still have happiness in our lives. I find it interesting. The writer said in the book of Psalms, chapter 1, verse 1, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor setteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now let's go back to verse 1. Blessed is the man. That word blessed there means happy. Happy is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. It's the happy man that chooses to walk in the things of God, that delights in the law of God. It's the happy man that will prosper by the power of God. When you get into the New Testament, you find Jesus in the book of Matthew chapter 5 teaching his famous sermon on the mount. And when he gets to what we call the Beatitudes, he opens by saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. And he goes further, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. The word blessed here means happy are. Now, while we certainly don't have time to cover all the Beatitudes, let's look at one in particular, that first one that we mentioned. It sounds so paradoxical. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. How can the poor be happy? Well, it's not meaning poor financially. Happy are the poor in spirit. It means happy are those who recognize that they can trust and depend on the provision that is made possible by the Lord. In other words, happy are they who know that God has it all in control, that no matter what they face, no matter how poor, to use the biblical term, they may feel, certainly that covers more than just financially, but he's saying happier though. How can they be happy when they are poor? Because they understand that their trust is in the Lord and they understand that God will make a way where there seemeth to be no way, that no matter what they're facing, God has the answer. It is those people that recognize, I can put my trust in the Lord because he is working all things for my good, for my favor, for my benefit. And because of that, no matter what we go through, we can live in happiness because we know that God will always come through for us. And happiness becomes a mindset that we all need. And put yourself in Paul's shoes. And you've been arrested for doing nothing more than praying in the temple. You've been charged with a capital offense of which you are completely innocent. And now you've been unjustly imprisoned for two long years. And at last, you have a chance to speak up and tell your side of the story. 
what would be the first words out of your mouth when you were summoned after being imprisoned falsely? Two years you've been unable to defend yourself, and now you've brought before King Agrippa, and you have the opportunity to speak your mind. What is the first thing that comes out of your mouth? I I, I want to be careful here because I'm thinking that I would probably be a very vocal. I may even speak before my brain has time to engage the stop on my mouth because I would not be very happy. How did Paul respond to this? What did Paul say? In Acts chapter 26 and verse number 2, Paul said, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day. I think myself happy. I think my response may have been different. I may have said, oh, King Agrippa, I think myself irritated. I think myself agitated. I think myself mad. But not Paul. Through it all, he thought himself happy. Since life and death are in the power of the tongue, It could be said happiness and misery are in the power of the mind. There are some things that we can do that will unlock the secret to happiness. Number one, salvation. The psalmist declared in Psalms 144 and verse 15, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. The psalmist also declared in chapter 146 in verse 5, happy is the man whose hope is in the Lord his God. Trials are temporary. All things in this life will pass away. Eternal things are forever. Those that are born again have hope beyond the troubles of this world. The absolute key to happiness begins with salvation, a relationship with God. No matter what we face, we always have a reason to be happy because our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Number two, be content. Some people spend their lives chasing what they don't have instead of enjoying what they do have. Being content doesn't mean settling for less or not pursuing your dreams. The Oxford Dictionary of Languages defines content as in a state of peaceful happiness. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11, For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Paul followed up talking to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6 through 8. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. And the writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews 13 and 5, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Happiness comes when we start living in what God has already done. We should rejoice in what he's done instead of living in frustration over what we're waiting on God to do.
Number three secret to happiness is to have an attitude of gratitude. The Lord wants us to have a spirit of gratitude in all we do and say. When we are grateful, we will have a greater happiness and satisfaction in our lives. The same as the one leper that returned to give thanks unto the Lord, gratitude reminds us of God's blessing in our lives. Gratitude glorifies God. Gratitude brings peace. Gratitude draws us closer to God. Gratitude deepens our faith in God. Gratitude brings contentment. And with contentment, gratitude brings joy. What are some of the things that you're grateful for? Number four, secret to happiness is don't chase happiness. Pursue purpose. Purposely find ways to serve others. Live for something that transcends your troubles, elevates others, and will live on long after you're gone. And the fifth secret to happiness is develop habits of happiness. Cut out the happiness killers. If you have a non-essential in your life that keeps you stirred up and angry all the time, cut it out. Certain types of videos, social media, news, or dare I say, politicians, if they have to use anger and hate to keep you engaged, it's time to disconnect from those things. They are happiness killers. The children of God should be the happiest people in this world. It's not that we don't face difficulties. We certainly do, but we have eternal hope. Therefore, we live in a happiness that transcends all troubles. Take some time to write down the things you're grateful for. I've heard some suggest a 30-day model. I've heard others suggest the 2990 rule where you write down three things you're grateful for for 21 days. And then after 21 days, you evaluate everything that you wrote down and then repeat that process for 90 days. I suggest personally that you set achievable goals, start small and increase as necessary. You've got to get it in front of you, whether you write it in your phone, think it in your mind, put it on a piece of paper. You've got to get it in front of your face, the things that you are grateful for. It will remind you of how blessed you are. It will bring happiness into your life. If you allow the troubles and the dilemmas of the day to spend more time in front of your eyes than all the things God has blessed you with, then no wonder you feel troubled all the time. God wants you to be happy. Happiness isn't a denial of reality, but happiness is an experience that we have with God that comes by the joy of the Lord. And while we face many painful situations, because of our eternal hope, we can live an overall happy life. And we need to put those five things to practice. And I promise you, you are going to see a dramatic difference in the levels of contentment and happiness 
in your life. And as has become our tradition here at the Building Great Lives podcast, I want to pray for you, listener. I want to pray that God would strengthen you and encourage you. Lord, there are many people that are facing many difficult situations. Some they have been enduring for a long time. Many of them are living through things that have happened in the past and some dealing with circumstances now. And there is a war for the joy of the saints. And God, I pray right now that you would bring to remembrance all of the blessings in our lives and that you would remind us that all of your blessings is greater and the joy is greater. And just as you experience joy, Lord, even in the midst of all of the sorrow that you had to endure, teach us that we also can experience happiness even in the midst of difficult days. And as always, thank you so much for listening In the meantime, please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you enjoyed this episode, tell a friend, maybe text them the link or share it on your social. You can find me on social at Trent Gillum, that's G-I-L-L-I-A-M, on Instagram at Rev Gillum. You can also reach me at Building Great Lives Podcast at gmail.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, let's keep building. You've been listening to the Building Great Lives podcast, a member of the Real Life Church Network. Join us next time as we dig deeper into life's most challenging questions. 